Welcome to an audio stream from San Marino Community Church, featuring our own pastoral staff and various guest speakers. So excited to bring to you this scripture for today. It has a lot of personal depth for me, and maybe it has some personal depth for you. Um, so before we really get into that, let's, would you pray with me? Oh Lord, our God, we come before you so humble because We know that you are at work in this world, and as you are at work in this world, we are mere people sitting in the seats of this theater, it seems. Engaged, but sometimes we're sitting back relaxing. So help us get up out of this this place that we're in. We know that it's this new year, and we might have these lists of New Year's resolutions, but how do we really go about getting to them? And is it really about us resolving to do anything, but rather stepping back and listening to your voice and what you have for us in our lives? So as we discover these things and challenge ourselves of these things, let us listen to the scripture anew, no matter how many times we might have heard it before. In your name we pray, amen. Our scripture for today comes from 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Would you follow along with me in your own Bibles, or it's also up on the screen If you're comfortable, just listen. After all, that is the theme of the scripture today. Listening. Now, the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. And at that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, he was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel. And then he said, here I am. He ran to Eli and he said, here I am, you called me. But he said, Eli said, I did not call you, lie down again. So he went and lay down again and the Lord called again, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli, and he said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time. And he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went, lay down in his place, and now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel said, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So the, the road to becoming a Presbyterian pastor, if you've ever heard us <clears throat> gripe about it a little bit, is a little rocky. It's a little hard. And I liken it to many other things. Um, 
perhaps you have a profession that has lots of hoops that you have to jump through. And I was marinating on this as I approached my eighth ordination anniversary, February 6th. I always like to buy myself a little present. Last year, I bought myself a new communion, I bought ourselves a new communion set, and um, it usually sits right there, and it's, it's the new glass bowl one, and I, I really like it. But that's just my own little present to myself, because it really reminds me of how special it is to be an ordained person, and all of the things I had to go through to get there. Now, you all have things in your life that you've had to go through, and maybe you'll relate with some of these experiences. But at some point when you're young, you think, I I feel called to ministry, and so you're excited about what this might become. So me, while I was in college, thought, I really want to learn about Jesus's life before he, the the people that he was going to encounter. And then when I'm in seminary, I'll learn about the the people that he did encounter. And then afterwards, I'll I'll learn more about the people that uh, he did encounter. And so you feel this call to ministry. So I told my senior pastor at the time where I was, St. Peter's by the Sea Presbyterian Church that overlooks the beautiful Palos Verdes Coast. Have you ever been there? Terranea's there. It's beautiful, right? So beautiful. That was my drive to work and school every day. Such a hard life I lived in. So I felt this call of God. Maybe it was because I heard the, the rushing of the ocean all the time. And I said, clean cob. I think I want to be a pastor when I grow up. And so, of course, he says, yeah, this, this is something like, I think this might be something that you could do. This is something uh, that we have seen gifts and talents in you. Of course, I was part of Youth Sunday. Did you all grow up doing a Youth Sunday at church where there's some people that are young and they, they can preach or they can sing? And so I was part of that. And he said, yeah, we, we see some gifts and talents in you. We also see some edges that need shaving off a little bit. <laughs> So that happened. Flash forward a couple of years, because you've got to go through college and get a degree in something. I chose history and classics. It was just an interesting thing to me. And so then comes the decision, of course, of what school you're going to go to. So I had pastors. There were four pastors on my staff, much like we have here, just so many to choose from. And so I went to one, and uh, they said, oh, we went to Princeton Theological Seminary. So I visited Princeton Theological Seminary during February because I knew that I, Southern California girl, would have a problem with the snow. Yes, no, you hear me? And yes, it was very, very cold. And I decided that Princeton Seminary, among a couple of things, but the snow being probably number one, was just too cold for the Southern California girl. I wouldn't be able to get over that. And so I had another person on staff who had gone to Union Theological Seminary, which is in Richmond, Virginia. So now we're south of the Mason-Dixon line. And even though my family is from the south, my mom is, I don't know if I could hang in the south. It's a wonderful place to go visit, but that just wasn't where God was calling me, nor maybe where I wanted to go. It was a little bit of this and that, right? So I had another person on my staff who went to San Francisco Theological Seminary. It would have been really easy hindsight if all of them had just gone to one and told me to go to one, but maybe God's not that way. Just doesn't tell us where to go. San Francisco Theological Seminary was beautiful, and the scenery was amazing. It's in Marin County. Very, very beautiful, if you've ever been there before. They have three labyrinths. That's the thing that you walk around on the floor, and it can really bring you centered towards God. They have three of them. They were all about this hugely spiritual retreat type of situation. But it wasn't as academically challenging as I thought that I might need. And so I felt like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. This one's too hot. This one's too cold. This one's not just right. And so I found myself in Fuller Seminary, literally down the road from where I was, 
had just this one day event, so I decided to go. I was wearing flip-flops and a rainbow bright t-shirt. That's what I decided would be a great idea to go visit the future seminary of my choice, grad school, mind you. And I walked onto campus and I thought, here I am, Lord. This is where I felt right. Maybe you have a similar experience of having gone to college or that experience, or maybe some of you are in it right now. Where do I go to college? What do I do? How do I feel in that space? And it happens not just with schools, right? It feels that way when you're entering in a covenant of a relationship with another human being, or you're thinking about changing jobs, or even about moving into a new house. Those places and spaces and that discernment that you feel about where I belong and where you feel called can be a lot of different things in your life. So we start asking this question. It's kind of Christian-y, so I want to bring you through it. This idea of your calling on your life is not something we talk about in normal jargon day to day. You know, how did you become a lawyer? Well, I felt called by God to be this. Maybe, but maybe you just thought that that might be the thing that you wanted to do, or maybe your parents told you to do it. I have a lot of students that I work with, and they think, well, my my mom wants me to be an architect, and my dad wants me to be a doctor, but I really want to be an artist, but I've grown so comfortable with the lifestyle that I leave that I don't want to be thinking about that lower paycheck, and so I just feel really conflicted about what I want to be when I grow up. Students come to me with these kinds of conversations all the time about who they are and what their identity is. And I don't have an answer for them because I can't tell them exactly where God is calling them. And it happens when you're a student and it happens when you're older in life and it happens even on your 80th birthday, I'm sure. Who am I? Is maybe not the question that you could be answering. Whose am I? Is always the question that you could be answering. And when you have the direction of God in your life, then you are able to listen and hear God speaking. So we have our gentleman in our scripture today, Samuel. He was young, maybe about 12. He could have been about 15. It was really a little unclear. But one thing we know is that he did not yet know the Lord. So we think in Jewish um, growing up, you're about 13 years old when you get your bar mitzvah or your bat mitzvah now. So you understand that there's this knowledge that comes with you and there's this preparation that comes with you. And so we think he might have been before 13, but it's a little fishy. You can imagine that Samuel is sitting at the place in the temple You might remember how he got to his position at the temple a couple of chapters back. This is only chapter three we're in. So this is chapter one, where his mom, Hannah, was unable to bear a child. And so she said, God, if you are ever able to bear me a child, then I will commit him to service of the Lord. Literally, I will have my son grow up in the teaching of the church. I'll have my son be in the temple working with a priest. And so he did. She knew that Samuel is only borrowed. Aren't all of our children just borrowed? Samuel is just borrowed and gave her son to Eli to work. And he did, but he did not yet know the Lord. But Eli, who was wise beyond his years and had a sinful life himself, was able after the third time. God had been silent for a long time in Israel. That's the history. I won't go into any more than that. God had been silent in Israel for a long time. 
So they did not know the Lord speaking when the Lord spoke. So it took three times. Three in the Bible has a cleansing factor to it. Three in the Bible has some purity to it. That's why it took three times. We don't know that it actually took three times, but that's the point. Three times came. Samuel, Samuel. And finally, Eli nudged. I get it. It's God talking to you. So how did he prepare for himself? He went to his spot, and when God called a fourth time, and God does keep calling until we get it, didn't he? Amen? God called a fourth time and said, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel is able to say, here I am, I am listening. Now, the posture that we have in our own life might have our ears blocked. How do we get in a posture that Samuel was in to listen to the Lord? After all, we have all of these blocks in our world, all these blocks in our life about what we want and how we want things to happen. But again, the question is, isn't about us. It's about whose we are. So when I was, I was younger, I knew that I wanted to be a teacher or a preacher in some, some different way. It manifested itself in teaching as I sat down with my cousins and my brother and I said, I, I really wanted to teach them about biblical principles because that's what I was most familiar with. And so I was dead set on trying to get Travis and Charles Thomas to learn how to spell Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so there I was, just me and myself and I, five-year-old with my class and all of my stuffed animals trying to teach them. And I knew that teaching was still my calling, even though my pupils were not quite ready to know of my amazingness. <laughs> and I, I think about I think about all of you all and about maybe you have a career already. Maybe you don't yet have a career. After all, Oprah has like five careers and now she's thinking about another one, maybe president, who knows? You just never stop listening to God and where you're supposed to be. So even if you think you're set in your career, maybe there's a different one out there. or Maybe it's a different manifestation of it. But I think we get comfortable, don't we? In who we are and what we are. So we say, I am Becca. I am a pastor, and this is what I do. And this is the place that I have come in my life. I'm also a mom. And we maybe add on all of these things about us. But take a time this beginning of this new year and understand who you are and really what God is calling you to do. Maybe it's not the same thing that you've been doing. Maybe it's something different. Maybe it's a different manifestation of what you've been doing. But be challenged by this. We were talking in our women's Bible study this last week on Thursday that the place that you are in right now may be comfortable. And the place that God is calling you later on is probably uncomfortable. So if you feel uncomfortable about the place that you're going, don't shy away. Go forward towards it. If I had felt uncomfortable and shied away from the pastorate, after all, it involved one person at the very beginning saying, yes, I identify your calling to ministry, a committee of people that I did not know very well. I was like 18 years old, and they were very old. 
saying, yes, we think that you should go to seminary. And then me and myself and my own accord paying thousands and thousands of dollars to go to grad school. And then at, through that, you need to go to another committee and say, hey, I want to be a part of this presbytery. It happened to be San Gabriel Presbytery. I want to be a part of this. And another group of strangers saying, yes, of course. And they read about you on a piece of paper. And then you step in front of an entire congregation of people from the entire area. This is like hundreds of people that all have their doctorate degrees and graduate degrees. And they all say, hey, your statement of faith and motivation is solid. We have some questions. Like, can you explain your favorite atonement theory? Or how do you really feel like God in the, tri- in the Trinity? This is way above confirmation class, guys. <laughs> and after all of that, they send you out of the room and they talk about you. Well, is she good enough? I don't know. She didn't have great enough stage presence. She seemed a little timid. She used the word he too much for God. Does that mean that she thinks that God is actually a he or just a personified version of that? Or she didn't use this or that scrutiny. And then they walk you back in and they applaud you and you become what you feel like God has called you to be. And then you get thrown into a congregation like you guys. Blessings for you guys who have to deal with this raw human that comes before you. So I thank you for that to help me understand who I am called by God and continue to help me understand who I am called by God. So would you let me and everyone else understand who you are called by God. In our scripture today, Samuel is called, not once, not twice, not three, but four times. You are called by God. You are. And so in a few minutes, someone's going to call your name. Now it's going to be someone in this room. But let's take a moment and step back and realize that God is calling that same name. And as you walk to your spot, I encourage you to think about just the beginning of thinking about how God is calling you and where God is calling you. This is just the beginning. So I'm going to call out a name and I'll call out some other names. And if you, when you hear your name called, you would come and take a place and stand along the outside of the chairs, all around the room. That's why we invited each one of you to write down your names on that blue piece of paper, so that you could hear your name called, so that you could respond to the call by standing up, joining in the circle. And I hope that you will respond to God's call. Jenny Jones, Jenny Jones, Aileen Kwong, Aileen. Nancy Humphreys, Nancy. Luis Nixon, Luis. Grace Chang, Grace. Sharice Chi, Celine Chi, Mike Bateman, 
Mike. Steve Todd. Steve. Kristen Todd. Kristen. Sophia Alisi. Sophia. Sarah Broderick. Sarah. Moises Ramirez. Moises. Francisca Williams. Francisca. Bill Williams. Bill. Robert Yeh. Robert. Rudy Canelo. Rudy. Katie Hedricks. Katie. Mindy Cronk. Mindy. Karen Preston. Karen. Debbie Chun. Debbie. Gabriella Kroll. Gabriella. Don Kroll. Don Kroll. Emily Kroll. Emily. Mike Preston. Karen Preston. Kate Clausen. Kay. Tim Sloan. Tim. Kristen Estimlick. Kristen. Ken Hui. Ken. Tina Wall. Tina. I don't know if Brandon turned Kevin on your Dunn. microphone. So Kevin. just FYI. That doesn't mean it's on. Marilyn Manning. Mm. Marilyn. Mindy Lopez. Mindy. Roger Lopez. Roger. Jane Burnett. Jane. Richard Burnett. Richard. Elliot Hayes. Elliot. Chris Kroll, Chris. Kevin Hu, Kevin. Janet Jasper, Janet. Ryan Duff, Ryan. Gary Roberts, Gary. Justin Lee, Justin. Debbie Merriman, Debbie. Brian Merriman, Brian. Carolyn Broderick, Carolyn. Peter Hedrick, Peter. Leanne Chua, Leanne. Dick Peters. 
Jessica Yang, Kathy Udi, Robert Louie, Janet Louie, Greg Forgatch, Patricia Canello, Lori Forgatch, Michelle Hayes, Alex Wu. We've all been called by name. Where is your place that God is calling you? This is the thing that you can meander about, think about, and pray to God about. But your response, like Eli encouraged Samuel, should be, speak, Lord, your servant is listening.